Would anybody like to do a special at this time? No volunteers? No. Who said that? Lynn? Oh, who said that? Who said I could? Oh, no. You did? Mama? Oh, my gosh. Well, <clears throat> all right. Well, we, we, we got to do something for 30 minutes. So if somebody wants to sing for 15, then we'll do a 15-minute song. Or we could get out at quarter till. How about that? Okay? I don't want people to think we're not making good use of our time around here. Well, I didn't put a handout in the bulletin, but please, the whole back of your bulletin uh, has a place for sermon notes. And I want, uh, another reason I didn't is because I want to give you some, I just want to give you a few words today uh, to think about, uh, four words that begin with the letter P, as we look at a message um, entitled, A Psalm of the Ages. A Psalm of the Ages. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you can go ahead and turn there to the 23rd Psalm. 23rd Psalm. And um, we, want, we want to learn five words this morning. Five words from the book of Psalms. Psalm 23. A psalm of the ages. You know, as I was looking at that this week, I began to think about how extremely important um, and well-known that psalm is. I would take, I would venture to say that it's uh, probably the best-known passage in the Old Testament. And, and as I read that, and as you read that, I, I pray that that we never. Let the 23rd Psalm become old and stagnant and stale in our lives. What a powerful, powerful Psalm. And, and as I thought, I thought about uh, the battlefield. And I thought about all the soldiers that must have, have uttered some parts of the 23rd Psalm as they were there in a foxhole uh, in, in a dark, in, on a dark night. Or what about that person, I'm sure, that has uttered some of the words of Psalm 23 as they are lying there on their deathbed? And these words, the way I see it, have brought hope and peace to millions upon millions of people. Think with me, before David ever became King David... Who was David? He was just a, not just, he was a shepherd boy out in the fields there of Bethlehem. And it was years later that, that God inspired him to write such a beautiful psalm as he reflected on the days that he had spent out in the fields keeping watch over his flock by night. I began to think about Psalm 23, and, and I'm sure that Psalm 23 was a testimony to David and how he recalled and how he remembered all of the Lord's faithfulness through him, to him throughout his life. So I want us to read slowly these five words. I want you to think about it, okay? The Lord is my 
shepherd. Now, all of us can remember those five words. If you need to write those down, write them down. If you need to highlight those in your Bible, please do so. As I read those five words, those five words spoke to me and, and I see them as, as the key, as the, as the foundation of the rest of that particular psalm. I began to think, wonder what would happen if we could cement those verses, those five words into our lives. What difference it would make in our life. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Let's, let's read that. And like I said, we're just gonna, we're gonna focus on the five words of Psalm 23, verse number one. Read this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. In verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. And God, we do thank you for your word. Now speak to our hearts as we look at this beautiful psalm of the ages. What do we find in these five words? What do we find? Let's 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 see what we can find out in these five words this morning. Short lesson, but a valuable lesson. <coughs> Number 1, we see that he, the Lord, is preeminent. Preeminent. Fancy word. I'm going to explain it to you. It says, the Lord. It does not say, a Lord is my shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm reminded of what Jesus said about himself in John 14 and verse 6, where he said, what? I am the way, the truth, the Life. There's no other Lord. He has no peer. He has no equal. Someone may, someone may speak of Coach Will Muschamp. And then someone else may come along and begin to speak about Coach Dabo Sweeney. Someone may say, uh, say something about President George Washington. And then someone else may come along and speak about Ronald Reagan. But when it comes to Jesus, he stands alone without an equal. There is only one Lord. If you looked at the Hebrew uh, translation of that word Lord in Psalm 23, 1, it means Yahweh. You, uh, you've heard that word before, Yahweh. Let me tell you how much uh, the, the Jews uh, thought about this particular word. They regarded this name as so incredibly holy and stood in such, all, uh, in such all of it, they would not even speak it in public. That's how much they respected it. 
I thought back and think back on the first church in the New Testament, the book of Acts. The first New Testament church. And I began to think about all the people who have died because they stood for what was right. They put the Lord above everything. They gave their lives because they were convinced and convicted in their heart that there was only one Lord and His name was and His name is Jesus. May we never forget, church, that the Lord, our God, is preeminent. Only one Lord. Colossians 1.18. Um, I'll make yourself a note of that. Colossians 1.18. It says this, And He is the head of the body, which is the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in, get this, that in all things He may have the preeminence. What does that mean? I told you I'd tell you what it means. First place in all things. The Lord. First in all things. Secondly, He is present. He is present. The Lord, here's the next word, is. The Lord is. What a powerful two-letter word for us today. The great and preeminent Lord is with you, is with me right now. We don't have to go looking for Him. He is here. The Lord is, not past tense. It did not say, the Lord was my shepherd. It's not future tense. It does not say, the Lord will be my shepherd. No, He's with us right at this very moment. David reinforces this in Psalm 46, 1. One of my, one of my all-time favorites is this, Psalm 46, 1. It says this. God, here it is, is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. So He's present. Thirdly, He is personal. He's personal. The Lord is, next word, my. The Lord is my. There's a huge difference in saying this. The Lord is a shepherd and the Lord is my shepherd. There's a difference. What a difference in life's circumstances and life situations with that little word, my. Think about it. We hear of someone, uh, someone's family member who is, who is deathly ill and we have compassion for them and we have, and we feel that sorrow. But there's a difference when it affects your immediate family, when it affects my immediate family. You see, the, the psalmist here, David, is not speaking about just any shepherd. He's saying, the Lord is my shepherd can you can you wrap your can you can you wrap your brain around this that the fact that the god of the universe is concerned about you concerned about me personally and because he gives he gives purpose to our life he gives meaning to our life however long or short we live on this earth i was thinking about it, just the thought Just the thought of the Lord is my shepherd.
here's the here's the flip side of that and the bad side of it, if you will. Not everyone can say, get this, not everyone can say, the Lord is my shepherd. You say, why not, preacher? Because our faith in Christ Jesus must be personal in order to know Him, in order for Him to be our shepherd. You see, those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in Christ know Him with the same kind of intimacy parents know and love their child or that of a shepherd and a sheep. Let me read you John 10. John 10, verse 27, 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus' sheep, those of us who are believers, know his voice. What else do we do? Scripture says that if we know his voice, if we're one of his sheep, we follow him because he's personal. He's our shepherd. And fourthly, he is protective. He is protective. The Lord is my shepherd. About a thousand years after King David penned these beautiful words in Psalm 23, there was one who said this in John 10, verse 11. Guess who this is? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Who said it? Jesus. Jesus said it. So let me encourage you and let me challenge you that when we read Psalm 23, we're reading about the great shepherd who is our great savior. Our shepherd is protective. That's his nature. That's what he does. He, he, he protects. Without a good shepherd, think about a sheep. They could not find their way to water or to other necessities of life. They are virtually helpless. Do some research on a sheep sometime, and they are described as a very dumb animal. Now, I don't know what that says about us, but... Um, the sheep are described as being dumb animals. They, they can't, can't find their way through the mountains. They can't find uh, a way of escape from wild animals. They're, they're not strong. They can't defend themselves. So just as the animal sheep need a shepherd, we need, as human beings, we need a shepherd. We need the shepherd. If you, if you observe, if you were to observe a shepherd and his sheep, this is what you would see that you, you see the shepherd is where? Always out in front, never behind them. You see, because shepherds lead. They don't drive them as cattlemen do their cattle. The shepherd leads and what follow? The sheep follow. Jesus Christ leads, but here's the question for us today. Will we follow? Will we follow? I think the reason so many people don't follow is because of Isaiah, what it says in Isaiah 53, verse 6. Write that down, if you will. Isaiah 53, 
verse 6, and this is what it says. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I can't think of a clearer explanation of what transpired on the cross than what we see in this verse. Remember what happened on the cross? The, the, the Lord Jesus took our sin, yours and mine, in his own body. He bared the wrath of God the Father. He was punished uh, for us in our place. He suffered the hurt, the humiliation, the agony of death that you and I deserved. He died our death so that we could what? So that we could live. And here's the beauty of the cross. Is it was all voluntarily. He volunteered to do that. I'm not quite sure how many of us would volunteer to give our life for someone else. He died in our place. Folks, what a Savior. Can we truthfully say today in our heart of hearts, the Lord is my shepherd. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful psalm, Psalm 23. And thank you, Lord, for these five words that you have allowed us to look a little closely at. And I pray, Lord God, that each one of us here in this sanctuary today can say without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord is my shepherd. And Lord, if we cannot say that, I pray that we would come to you today, that we would ask you to be our shepherd. We pray in your name. Amen. A hymn of dedication number 307. Let's stand as we sing.